Hello, listeners. This is your host Henry. If we have any new listeners here, this is the In Our Bodies podcast, a podcast made by and for people of color who are chronically ill, neurodivergent, and/or disabled. But as I always say, formal diagnoses aside, we are just striving to understand and celebrate bodies and minds in all the ways they come to us. As I'm recording this intro, it seems that I'm having a bit of a eczema flare-up myself. So、um, it seems quite fitting that this episode is all about eczema. I hope your day is going well, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome back to the In Our Bodies podcast. This episode, we have Dan. Dan uses he/him pronouns. He is originally from London, currently living in Vancouver. And Dan is a documentary slash film producer. Hello, Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me on.、Um, so, I think usually when.、Um, My guests feel comfortable. I start with kind of asking some, and and like in your words, what you have to say about like your chronic illness, or like what you would like to share, or like what your history is with it. If that if that's okay. Yeah, I think chronic illness, or at least like.、Um, Disorders or conditions that will be there in the long term, if not completely chronic,、um, have certainly shaped my life since I was really young, and if not born, you know, I was diagnosed with、uh, like atopic dermatitis, or otherwise known as eczema,、um, from you know, from the age of a few months. Um, and it's essentially ruled my life、uh, up until this day, and, and will do probably for the rest of my life.、Um, and I think there's definitely an interesting intersection between that and and mental health. And、um, I think that that mental health piece is something that I've come to acknowledge and experience on a firsthand basis. Far more acutely in the last few years. Can I ask? I actually, I have eczema. I don't know if I even have the answer to this. For someone who doesn't know what eczema is, like, can you explain like what is happening in the body, or like what is your understanding of like what's happening to your body when when like you're coping with eczema? From a like physiological, biological point of view. The way I understand it is that it's essentially your own immune system attacking your own body when it's not meant to be, and ultimately the flare-ups you get, the itchiness, the redness, the swelling, is essentially an immune response, but it's a defective immune response. In my case, it's often detecting foods as the things the body is trying to attack. You know, Essentially, you're allergic、um, to a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah, three things: dairy,、okay. shellfish, coconut, eczema. On a kind of like practical day-to-day, like personal basis, I guess eczema is constant itchiness where flare-ups can happen at any time of day in response to almost a whole number of variables, and the more Allergens or factors you can you can pinpoint the better, but it's not an exact science because anything can happen. But ultimately, yeah, it's a condition that I guess I am always worried about and always thinking about.、Um, yeah, I don't because... know if that's a good explanation. Oh well, it's your explanation, which is what I'm looking for, right? Like,、um, and To clarify, it's like you have these things that you're allergic to ingesting that will kind of like definitely cause a flare up. But regardless, there are still many unknown factors just in life that could cause. Like just because you don't eat those things doesn't mean that your skin isn't going to still. 
get itchy, be itchy, be bleak, be dry, et cetera, et cetera, right? For sure. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be like mental health facts, it could be stress, it could be anxiety, it could be um, you know, environmental factors, it could just be like too being too hot for too long, being too cold for too long, sweating yeah. too much. It could be like being in a dusty environment, it could be like wearing the wrong type of like fabric, you know, like it literally could be fucking anything. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's one of the hardest parts about it, is the sort of unpredictability. If it was as binary as don't do this and that this won't happen, then your our lives would be a lot easier. But wouldn't it be so not. easy if we just just had the allergies and there wasn't just like, and is it ever changing for you? Because I didn't. So I have a same as you. Obviously, it's not just dictated by food allergies, but the allergies that I know about is that I'm allergic to nuts and coconut but I wasn't allergic until I turned like 16 like I used to eat peanut butter I know what Nutella tastes like but I can yeah no so I eat it for, for the longest time I've I've always been allergic to dairy um it's like if I, my parents found out because like they in the UK they have like uh this cheese, I don't know if you had, had it in Canada growing up, but like the Dairyly cheese that came in triangles. Okay. It was like, it was like a circle of cheese cut up into like yeah. triangles. I'm sure there's like versions of it here. Right, so. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom to like, when I was really young to shut me up while she, I would, she'd put me in the, in the trolley, right? I'd be sitting in the trolley, like to shut me up. She would like, just feed me this, this like trunk, this little soft cheese in triangles. Mm. And, you know, as a kid, lots of kids of eczema, she didn't really realize, but um, my skin was like flaring up. It was really bad. And then I think I got ill for like two weeks and I, you know, didn't go grocery shopping with my mum in those two weeks. And then my skin cleared up and I, and then they wow. realized it was, it was the dairy, the cheese that was triggering my eczema in that crazy way. Um, so... I've always known I was allergic to, allergic to dairy. Um, shellfish came a bit later um, when I was in Malaysia, where my parents grew up. And we went to a seafood restaurant. And, you know, there's like lobsters and squid and crab flying around. I just had the worst flare of my life. Um, and then we realized that was that one. And then coconut uh, was something in the last five years. Okay. You know, like avoiding dairy a lot of like dairy alternatives like vegan uh food uh uses coconut and then and then i realized yeah and then i was like oh i'm not eating any dairy these are all like coconut based things I was mm. like, oh, I'm great yeah um, so you know whatever diet i choose can't really win because the way i've thought about it, it's funny like um i kind of joke with my friends like a very western diet right like grew up in the uk like a lot of like western foods or like british foods american Beige food. <laughs> well you know ultimately a lot of it uses dairy butter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cream whatever um with asian food like well at least like you know chinese like food like uses a lot of shellfish like oyster mm -hmm. sauce um um lots of other shellfish and then, and then I was like, fine, I'll be vegan, which I am. And then I'm uh, allergic to coconut, which half all vegan foods use. Yeah, eat. or like yeah, coconut oil like, substitute, yeah. coconut this, coconut milk that, yeah. And I just can't win. I just cannot win. And my body hates me. But that's part of, that's part of, that's part of life. And that's part of my story. And yeah, <laughs> you know, you just, it's no point like getting angry about it or like, getting upset about it like you know well sometimes i well oftentimes i still get angry about it anyway but uh that leads me to my next question um in the pre-interview or like just like through chatting you disclosed to me that kind of more in recent years or maybe this year there was like a breaking point that you had and you, after that, kind of started to, like, 
seek therapy or just seek more mental health support for yourself? Can you like walk me through or walk us through what led you to that breaking point? Like what was your kind of, in whatever way you're comfortable disclosing, like what led you up to that point and kind of how's therapy going? Yeah. Um, it's difficult to know where to start because it's, I guess when it comes to all sort of like mental health disorders, it's, it's really, you know, like finding out where the genesis of it is, is this part of what you try to explore in therapy. Mm. And I don't think, you know, there is a clean answer, but there are definitely certain catalysts and triggers that, that bring the, the disorder to the surface, I guess. But, Mm. you know, look, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think one thing, one of the factors that I guess I never really appreciated until it all hit me um, was was COVID. And just uh, just before I go further, I guess I should say that, like you know, like yeah, ultimately I had a bit of a, I don't know, not sure if I should call it a breakdown or not, but. You can call whatever you want. Yeah, it's hard to know, like, but let's call it a breakdown for the sake of this conversation, shall we? But ultimately, I was given, I was put on a leave of absence uh, from my job. Um, I wasn't working for like nearly two months. um, And I was like referred to um, like a like a psychiatric assessment center and they diagnosed me with, you know, like, um, um, anxiety and disorders and, um, and sort of other surrounding things. Um, and, and before this, think, had you, had you ever been to therapy or like had language around mental health in, in no, kind of like, not, no, not really, not okay. in any substantial way. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of that's what happened and i guess a, a lot of the factors yeah like i said a lot of factors the one thing that hit me was, was covid you know that was like almost a year and a bit into into covid i'd not been able, not been able to go back to the uk for like over a year at that point i had two trips cancelled i think like all of us we were suffering from a level of like isolate sort of social a lack of kind of like uh like social presence um and activities and i think that crept up on me quite a lot but there was also the stress of my work um i had a couple of jobs that didn't go that well i mean you know from a personal point of view i didn't feel supported um and then and then um I was like going through at the time or just sort of it just happened at least a the breakdown of the breakup of my uh long-term relationship of about six years um and I think you know a lot of factors came together it was sort of like wrong time wrong place uh all these kind of problems colliding that ultimately just led to, I guess, this breaking point that meant that it was like certainly a, like a good, uh, uh, I guess it was like a, almost like a turning point in mm-hmm. sort of the last few years for me. Mm-hmm. It made me reassess a lot of things and, you know, um, and and sort of try to, I don't know, I, or I guess like life feels different, you know, for, after than compared to before in many ways um, and a lot of that is down to having to manage a a my anxiety and then sort of my mental health and what have you come to explore after this kind of turning point or like also possibly was there anything that you were afraid of confronting when you started this process because it seems like there might have been, especially if this is your first 
encounter with mental health discourse in maybe not your first encounter, but maybe your first encounter, like with the help of a professional, like, I think that it can be pretty intense, right? Like, were there any fears or like, what did you like start exploring or what have you explored? You know what? I think one thing that hit me was, it's funny. I remember when talking to therapists and I would like frame talking about my parents and my upbringing as like, oh, this is so cliche to talk about my childhood in therapy. And I'd always sort of caveat it with like, oh, this probably isn't even relevant. Mm. My therapist stopped me and he was like, why do you think, why do you think your childhood is irrelevant? Why do you think your parents' upbringing is irrelevant to your, the way you think and your mental state as an adult? Like, you know, that's exactly, you know, where, you know, it's, nature and nurture it's it's all of that right Mm -hmm. and it it made me realize like oh yeah right I don't know why I'm so dismissive that it didn't a lot of my brain didn't affect me and I think I think that that took me by surprise it was like delving quite deep into who my parents were um you know their personalities and in turn how they raised me Mm. Uh, and you know I'm not saying like oh i'm blaming my parents for my mental health issues far from it in fact you know like um it's not that at all it's like i think understanding their psyche during the period of time when they were raising me was really was really important for me to understand why i think the way i do um you know they were immigrants into a new country they were ethnic minorities vast ethnic minorities vast you know like vastly outnumbered you know like mm-hmm. um sort of east asian and southeast asian uh people or people from those origins were, were not you know what i mean like weren't prevalent and weren't you know didn't didn't see that many um like Chinese people or Southeast Asian or East Asian people walking around London at that time, really. And you still don't particularly, but, you know, and I think understanding that, that that was my parents, that's how what my parents were dealing with at the time when they had me and my brother and when they were raising me, like, it made me realise that actually, like, yeah, like, no wonder they were cautious and, and paranoid of situations that 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 I guess and they they're often worried about you know they made assumptions about certain things because the world that we were growing up in wasn't about not the world that they grew up in and knew mm-hmm. you know inside out and mm-hmm. you know it's hard to be comfortable with like with parts of the unknown and you know and they face persecution I'm sure so all to say is that like yeah that definitely was I guess one of the most challenging things it's challenging and surprising things for me was truly understanding you know I guess my parents experiences and how that really affected or is, is affecting my my experience did you get a chance or have you explored um growing up sick with your parents because that's something that I, I I swing back and forth, but I think I, I find more peace and understanding for my parents as I get older, as I kind of like kind of creep into the age that they had me and kind of knowing or understanding what capacity I have as a person. Like, did you ever explore in therapy? Like, or like, were you ever talking about like being sick or having eczema and like the relationship that that kind of primed for you and your parents? No, I think, I don't remember having many conversations about my eczema with my parents that weren't just 
you know, do we need to get you more prescription medication? Like, how are you running out of your creams? Are you, you know, like, I don't think, it was just an everyday factor of, of growing up and my life and, the, and you know, by extension their life. I don't think we ever stopped to, to talk about it in any sort of deep or meaningful way. Um, it was very like a lot of practical conversations about it. Um, a lot of, you know, like just trying to do what we could do to, you know, ease the flare up or the pain or discomfort in that moment. Um, or like doctors and dermatologists, you know, like, so, mm. so no, I don't think I, I really did. Interesting. Yeah, I I think I have very similar experience in that way. I don't know if um, I, I I I think I had a similar conversation with another friend of mine who was also Chinese. That like there was never a conversation about like, hey, how are you? How are you doing? Or like, are you concerned? Like, is this like? any like I don't I don't think that there was that much of a presence of like an emotional conversation in, in that aspect in regards to being sick that's true for you as well right I think so yeah and you know I think a lot of a lot of my friends who grew up with a similar cultural background it's like you know in general emotions and mental health aren't particularly spoken about within the family Mm. it's just not something that's acknowledged in any big way um in a lot of families it's probably repressed quite actively and i'm not saying that not saying that that that's my experience of my family like Mm -hmm. i would say you know on in the grand scheme of things my parents were probably fairly open and and so i guess like perhaps a little bit more more sort of liberal than 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 I guess the average Asian parent. I mean that's just, you know, a complete assumption from my part, because I don't have the experience of of growing up with any other parents, uh, mm. parents but I mean I, that's I guess how I feel when I sort of compare notes with <laughs> my friends. <laughs> Did were they in the loop when you kind of had that turning point and was kind of like on leave from work slash like seeking kind of professional health with uh, professional help with your mental health. Like, yeah, did they know about that. Do they know about that? Yeah. What are, what are the conversations like in when you're, you know, an adult with them about mental health? I think I shielded them a little bit from it. If I'm being yeah. I didn't share with them the full extent of everything that happened, but obviously they knew that, I was taking a leave of absence. I was off work. They knew that I was like stressed. I think they largely put it down to stress and anxiety, you know, work related stuff. But I think, I think they read between the lines a little bit of like everything else happening to, you know, they knew that I was going through this breakup and, you know, we were talking for sure. And they were keep they were very they were up to speed of what was happening, but okay. maybe I I left out some of the the harder parts of the conversation, you know. Yeah. And I think that more came from a place of not wanting to worry them and protecting mm. them, mm. you know, because they're on the other side of the world, they can't do that much other than check in. Mm-hmm. What's the point of? going through it all and, and worrying them, you know, like, seem pointless. Yeah, I agree with that. I also, um, I think, and this is just, I don't, this is my experience, and I don't know if it's yours as well, but sometimes I try to, because I think it's, uh, speaking about my mental health is, is much more normalized and kind of like with my partner or like with the group of friends I keep around me. It's just... I think that the less of a big deal I make it, the less intense everything feels. So the more I get to talk about how I'm feeling casually, the better it is. But like with my parents, 
saying anything negative makes them go like, why, 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 why are you feeling this way? Like bad, 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 bad. Like, like they just, they, they get very concerned and then they're like, how do you stop feeling like this immediately? Or like, it's just, or like, why, why are you feeling like this? It's just, it's very, it feels very alarming to them or like the reaction. I'll make you the soup. I know this too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is honestly so great. I love, I love all of that. I do call my parents for like, uh, like herbal remedies or like what to eat all the time. And I love it. Stop eating fried foods. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Drink more water. Don't drink cold stuff. Cold things. Never. Um, but yeah, so I find it like, it's been a long journey for me as well, but I still find it hard sometimes just to be vulnerable because I don't know if it's just that way for them, but they don't like to talk about that stuff. They don't like dwelling it. Like it works very well for them. It's never, it's always been like a point of conflict in my family that like, they're very good at going like, meh, okay, moving on. Like, and I've always been like a person with like really big emotions. And like, I don't think they've really ever known what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I, I would say, I completely empathize with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, kind of linking the mental health conversation back to eczema, something that you brought up that I did a little bit of research on is psychodermatology. And that is basically for the listeners, kind of like the combination of the combination of psychology and dermatology. Uh, I'm not, I'm not like that big of a fan of the person who is like kind of more famous for it. So I'm not going to name their names, like some white lady that is like apparently like some a-list dermatologist that like works with Chanel like I don't know like I read the articles and it was like "Mm." but the the concept is cool because it is combining psychology and kind of like the well-being of our mental health and how that affects our skin or how our skin can also be like affecting our mental health right and something that like I've been unpacking a lot is how or like something I've been really angry about for a long time is how lacking that mental health part has always been in the conversation of eczema. Like the fact that I have never, and still I've never learned any kind of pain management. Nobody has ever really kind of linked the two. I think there's more conversations of it now, regardless of in the kind of umbrella term of psychodermatology or not. Like, like people are more aware of kind of, just the mental stresses that eczema or chronic illness will have. But like, yeah, I have a lot of anger towards the fact that like, I've been sick since I was three with like very severe stuff, but the aspect of mental health has never been kind of talked about in tandem with, with chronic illness. How do you see that in your own life? Like the kind of like the combination of psychology with with your eczema i think for sure i i think i would have benefited from being able to even just acknowledge that there was a mental health factor a psychological factor mm. to suffering from a skin condition you know mm. i i read somewhere that like 90 percent of people who suffer from skin condition also like report like a like a lower sense of self-esteem you know that sounds obvious but it just shows like you know the two things are intricately linked i think in a world where you know beauty standards are so fucking high and having you know perfect skin hair teeth nails whatever you know in a world where like the smallest you know blemish on your skin is like or or is your is photoshopped yeah you know in a world where we have these like filters that like 
make your skin look smoother or mm -hmm. more glowy or whatever the fuck knows. I mean, I think they all look really fake, but I, I guess my point is, it's like the world where we're all expected to have like perfect skin because that's what's attractive. It's fucking obvious, isn't it? Like when someone has a chronic skin condition and yeah. they're so far away from that beauty standard, of yeah. course it's going to affect how you think about yourself and your mm -hmm. overall self-esteem. You know, and another thing I read was that around 50% of the people that I guess they surveyed, like of when they were, you know, at often avoid face-to-face -face contact, mm. you know, like face-to-face -face interactions. And that, can, that, that hit home completely yeah. because, yeah, like you start, second guessing what people are thinking about you when they look at you or that you know oh are they noticing that you know like oh my that patch on my forehead like oh are they noticing like you know like that area of my face is really dry and a bit red like you know and then you're just derailed like psychologically yeah. like you're not you're 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 trying to keep the conversation going or whatever you're doing that interaction going but at the same time you've got this thing in the back of your head you've got this like second train of thought that's like constantly just jabbing you you know in the side being like oh you look terrible uh like this lighting's really bad oh this person yeah. can see like my dry like wrinkly horrible skin this is really exposing like oh do they think something's wrong with me oh are they a bit disgusted by it like, oh, like they must think I'm like not looking after myself, whatever is going through my head. Yeah. But for sure, I've always had that since I was young. Like, yeah. And it's so sad to think that I was almost more worried about what other people thought about my skin than, than, than I did. Um, and yeah, like I just, yeah, for sure. The link is there and it's always been there and it's, there's, I remember reading an article about psychodermatology, like, I don't know, like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And I just realized I was like, like you, I was like, how's it taken so long for people to start studying that connection between the two? Because folks, for people who suffer from skin conditions, it's just so obvious and it's always been there, but we've never had a forum to talk about it mm -hmm. or research to refer to or 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 anything really it's just been something that we suffered through and know? even when i see a lot of um wider acceptance of like body shape and ethnicity and stuff sometimes i in the back of my mind i'm like i'm still never going to see anyone that looks like me because i'm like whatever i have is still considered a disease or a sickness Therefore, it's very okay for it to not be, uh, a, like, for it to still be, like, ew. You know what I mean? Or, like, I, I have yet to ever see anyone that, like, looks like me or has, like, a skin condition. I know, it's so funny. I remember, like, as a, as a kid, or, like, like, Googling, like, celebrities with eczema. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember that and like I can't remember who used to come up but um, I remember yeah looking being like oh like maybe that other people that are really successful and famous that yeah. also go through what I go through and look at their lives I don't know but I did you find any? Leanne Rhymes? oh great amazing maybe I'm just making that up I really it has not been <laughs> maybe we can we can look it up afterwards, but I'll confirm um, in the show notes. <laughs> Does Leah yeah. Rhymes have eczema? I think I can't remember, but there were very few for sure. Um, yeah, I also like had dreams of as as many young people do. I had dreams of like being a pop star or whatever. I'm like I could never do it. Like I could never wear makeup or I could never be in bright lights. Like it's just it's just not it's not possible for me because I can't. I can't do all of those things or I can't look like those people. And that's definitely, I don't know, something that I've thought about 
I've definitely avoided bright lights for a long time or it's also just so obsessive right because obviously there is the the looks part of it and that fucking sucks because it's something that you deal with in all aspects it, like you deal with it emotionally you deal with it like it is painful and uncomfortable in a lot of ways already and then depending on where you have it but I have for long periods had it like on my face amongst all other places I've, I've probably had it on all of my body maybe not the bottom of my foot like at one point or another and it's kind of like you're dealing with this but you have no like there's no choice in whether or not other people know you're dealing with it or not it's like it's apparent and you have no control over that and it's like and because you have no or, or like I have no control over that like I've become obsessively trying to like control the things that I can control about how people can perceive me whether that being like um wearing makeup at some point or like avoiding bright lights or like you know taking pictures weird or like not taking pictures at all like I skipped so many school photos like when I was younger and stuff like I just it just it was just like always this like race to try to find some semblance of control of how people were perceiving me because like a big part of that was already lost by the fact that I had this it's on my face there's like only so yeah. much right like <sighs> yeah yeah but I also think it's one thing I came to realize was that like most people don't notice it don't care haven't even thought about it to the mm. depth that you have you know, like, you, I obsess over, like, how patchy this little thing looks on my face, but other people have also said to me, like, oh, I didn't even realise you had eczema, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I think, you know, I think, like, that's good to hear, but it's so jarring in a different way because it's like everything you're ever thinking about it's yeah. it's like you're obsessed with it like you said like it rules your life it dictates your every move mm -hmm. like your every action sometimes on some days and and then to sort of say someone to like just be like what what are you doing why are you doing all this you know like yeah. effectively that's what you said they're saying and you're that's so jarring yeah that is so and you're like why am i doing this if people don't care don't notice and ultimately I guess we have to tell ourselves that like we care about it so much more than other people mm -hmm. and that won't stop the pain and discomfort and the itchiness and us feeling the way we do but at least if we can remove the part of it which for me is a big part of it is like how people perceive me what people think of me yeah when they see me in my skin like surely that's a huge part of the equation removed that yeah. can help us find some level of comfort, you know, with it all. It took me a long time. I think there was a while where I really didn't know the extent of my nut allergy. So I was still like popping a fur or a shea here or there being like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Negotiating with my eczema. And it was like definitely still flaring up to a point where like, Essentially, what would happen is that, like, all of my face skin would crust and then, like, shed within 24 hours and it would just keep doing that. And, like, I would wear makeup and then just hope people wouldn't see it or, like, whatever. And after a while, I was just, like, exhausted. And I was, like, I asked myself this question. I was, like, what if I didn't care about being fuckable? Like, what if I just stopped caring for a little bit because I'm effing exhausted and, like, what, like what 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 would that do for me and it changed a lot it doesn't mean that i don't care but i just don't care to the same degree that i used to and i think that yeah. like as you said it just it really did kind of quell a part of the larger kind of like mental health or anxiety that i was feeling for a long time because i already have to deal with the pain and so much discomfort and whatever if there are days where like I quote unquote look very bad, but I actually don't feel that bad. I want to count that as a win and I'm not going to create problems for myself because 
there's already so many other problems. So if it's just if it's just how it looks today and not that much else, like that's chill for me. Or like sometimes that's chill for me, not always, but you know what I mean? Like just at least trying to get there. Yeah, for me it's like for me it was accepting that like if I don't want to do something or I'm not comfortable in a situation because of my skin at that point in time or or I'm in a restaurant where I, I'm just like nervous about like their ability yeah. to like yeah like you know to like keep you know like cross-contamination or uh, in the preparation of the food I'll just nope the fuck out of there yeah and for <laughs> me there was a lot of peer pressure to to like conform and be normal and not make a fuss in restaurants when I'm like have to like mention my allergies um or you know be in a room where I'm like this is just too fucking hot and I'm getting into yeah. you or like this drums or whatever I am I'm like this is too dusty and dirty and mm-hmm. I'm like my skin's, skin's crawling you know like I think a younger version of me would have just like suffered it yep. and been like no don't make a fuss like yep. just don't make a scene you know, have a good time, just deal with the consequences later. But actually now I'm just like, no, sorry. Yeah. And that's, that's also part of the like people not noticing, but also people really not acknowledging the, the shit that you're going through, right? Like, yes, it's kind of great that like people are like, oh yeah, I don't notice. But the, the flip side of that is also this kind of like, it feels so infuriating to like, I don't remember not having eczema, like just have on and off, like long year periods of flare ups, like been in worlds of pain, worlds of insomnia, et cetera, et cetera, obsessiveness. Do people like me? Whatever. Right. And for people to then like for you to go to a restaurant and people not even like acknowledge or care about you enough to be like, at not even not advocate for you, like, but tell you to like, chill the fuck out like i i hold sometimes like a lot of anger for how alone how alone this experience has been because i have widely been alone for it for sure one of the yeah one of the scarring memories i had as as a kid i think i you know i wasn't even a kid i think i was like 14 15 or something but anyway, I remember being in a restaurant in, I don't know, it was like somewhere upstate New York or something. I don't know. Anyway, my, where my cousins and aunties lived. Um, and we were at this Italian restaurant and I ordered this thing and I had to check with the waiter. I was like, you know, do you use any butter or dairy in the spaghetti sauce or whatever? And the fucking waiter called me like fussy he was like oh you're really picky you're really, you're a fussy yeah, one, aren't you? yeah. and i was like no dickhead <laughs> like kind of like you know like whether or not like i'm just a fucking shivering mess under my duvet for the next three days four days or i actually get out and enjoy my my vacation it's yeah. down to you fucking caring, asking the chef what the hell is in the mm. meal I'm about to eat or that I want to eat. Yes. It's not trivial. It's not me, you know, and I just, I, and I just couldn't believe that I was being accused of being picky because maybe I wanted my skin not to flare up for, yeah. on vacation, you know? I was like, I don't know. I remember being so angry and going back to the house that night and still just like in a fit of rage. And I remember my cousins could not understand why I was so angry, Mm. just so angry at the, the, the attitude this guy had and the fact that I was like, basically how I felt like pressured into not asking or not or like basically just eating this thing that I was unsure about because I was mm. there 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of was talking about before, like not making too much of a fuss. Yeah. You know, I don't want to cause a scene. I was with family. You know, it's like I was so angry. No one, no one understood why I was so fucking angry. Yeah. And I remember that night to my day because I realized exactly what you just said. Like, I was so alone in, in, in trying to make people understand, in, in, in understanding what the hell I have to go through every day. Yeah. People don't know. Like, I, I think I love, I love talking to people about, I love doing this because like, I had like uh, another guest talk about kind of like the obsessions that she needs to have or they need to have with their body. And it's just kind of like, I love, that's what I want to talk about because it's kind of like, we think about this all the time. Like it's on our minds all the time. Like it's, it affects every little bit and it has to, and it has to come first beyond like it has it comes into play in the considerations of like where I live in the world like what I do like what I eat who I interact with like what I interact with and we never talk about it and I also just like yeah so I I'm so happy you're talking about it I'm sorry that so many of the times it's such an isolating feeling especially when like it's it's it feels like such a sense of betrayal when you're you're your loved ones are just kind of like why like what is like what are you even talking about when it's like yeah. it's so intense it's so 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 intense and it's kind of like they're like what why like chill the fuck out you're like no <laughs> you know and like that's I kind of want to talk about like the the silver linings the positives of having yeah. a skin condition right and yeah one of the related to what we're just talking about one of the major positives is that in a way like having a condition sort of has acted a bit of like a filter for me in my in my life for like people who get me understand me care about me mm. ultimately those who truly understand how much i struggle or how i struggle full stop with my skin and eczema are people I ultimately want to keep around me, mm. right? They, I, I know they are good to me because, like, I know they're good for me and good to me because they will just change up a restaurant plan because I am a bit nervous about that place or I know I can't eat anything on the menu or they don't get too bothered by me bailing on a plan because my skin's suddenly shit that day or you know and that goes with friends that goes with with being in a relationship too like you know i i could never date anyone that 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 just couldn't acknowledge any of that that would be the hardest part of me like i can't be intimate with someone if they can't be comfortable with like you know the shit that comes with eczema Mm -hmm. and in that way like it's a natural filter to those that don't understand um you know I filter those people out they're just not in my life in any substantial way they're not close friends has that always been the case because I think something that essentially we're talking about is that well before it was like I think through a lot of conditioning for a long time we were understood to put other people's comfort before our own or other people's like minor inconveniences over like it's like let's just you know suffer for longer later like let's or whatever because that's that's what people told us to do or you know that's what that's what the feeling was even if they didn't like out, outwardly say it like did you when did you, when did that click for you that you're like fuck this if you can't get with the program if you can't get with like who I am in the full spectrum of the fact that like sometimes I can't go out or like you know like I really can't like my fucking dietary needs are like actually real like when did that click for you or was that always a thing yeah I don't I I don't think I can pinpoint it Mm. I think I think certainly growing older more confident in myself understanding that I could take a stand for myself 
Mm. I didn't have to just do what other people expected me to do. And, you know, I think probably in my early 20s, Mm. I probably, during university, I realized that, you know, like, oh, actually, like, oh, I am going to make a fucking fuss in this restaurant. And if the server's being a dick, I'm going to call him out. Actually, I'm not that embarrassed to do that in front of my friends because there's people, my friends should understand that the fuss I'm creating is justified. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not flipping tables or anything, <laughs> you know, right. and I'm not storming out, but I am having quite stirred words with a server that's not taking something seriously, mm-hmm. or I will check with the server three, four times if yeah. they fucking understand. Yeah. And if that gives me peace of mind that the food that's coming my way and I'm going to eat it is okay for me, then it's fucking worth it. I don't care if it's annoying the server. I don't care if I'm my, coming across, across like, you know, annoying my workaround, to, to anyone. My workaround is I go like, sorry, I don't remember. Did I mention that like, and I'll say it like a couple, like I'll say it like a second time or a third time pretending that like I don't remember if I said it or not. Because I'm like, I really need this not to be have the thing or the thing thing. Like, yeah, I do something similar, but I say like, oh, was everything okay with the with the allergies in the, the kitchen? Or I'd be like, when they come back for a second, third time to like give, or I'd be like, oh, thanks so much for checking in with the kitchen with my allergy stuff. You yeah. know, just I don't know. It's just like a hey, if you forgot about it, here's yeah. another reminder. Yeah, you totally. know that, that comes from a level of anxiety from my end too. But again, yeah. like I said, but warranted because people mind. have forgotten. Like, and yeah, it's just sure. them forgetting is, like as you said, dictates whether you are essentially not mobile for like a couple days or I don't know, depending on your flare up, like longer, right? So, yeah, exactly. You know. I I, re- I remember, yeah, like, I stopped giving, probably stopped giving a shit, like, when I was at university That's about good. all of that. And I was like, I need to take care of myself. Yeah, um, fuck it. Because if you're not going to do it, nobody's going to fucking do it. Like, but can, I, can I just talk about like, a couple of other positives? That yeah, I please. I was just going to ask you. Like, I want to yeah. hear about... Because that's the word you used in our, in our pre-interview. And I, I want to know because I find it really hard to feel blessings from this sometimes yeah i think a lot i've spent a lot of time like trying to process like you know what i've taken away from being who i am and being who i am is is someone who suffers from a skin condition a chronic skin condition right and i think like some of them are kind of a little bit you know silly no we're not we're not we're not doing that it's not silly it's not I mean no, okay, that's the wrong word, but like, you know, the first one that I always think about is how fucking operational and f- functional I am on like three hours sleep. Like, mm. Since I was a kid, like, true, true, there true. Are nights where I was so itchy, I haven't slept, but I've woken up like eighteen trillion fucking yep. times and I just yeah, like I can push through. I know I can push through I'm not gonna, you know, sink during the day because I'm, I'm I haven't had lack of sleep. Like I can, I know my body's limits. You mm. know, I've pushed the sleep deprivation thing to to yeah. a big degree. And feel you on I that. that <laughs> if I can, I can get through this day, no problem. I might feel like shit, and I mm. might be a bit grumpy, but I'm not. I know, I know, I can do it. Okay, and you know. So in that way, I'm more in tune with my, in my body and, you know, in that respect. And I think that's definitely been a blessing in many, many occasions, um, you know, where other people might f- start flagging and feel tired and start, you know, giving up. Like, I know I can keep going. Um, and, you know, and just a level of resilience, I think. Like, I sometimes think, what would my life be like if I didn't? have eczema like would my childhood be different would I be a different person how would my personality have evolved differently and actually what I realized is that like 
my life wouldn't necessarily be better. I've got to be honest. Like, I would have been a very, probably a very different person mm. just by how much impact and on a daily basis that my skin has had mm. on my psychology, on my psyche, on the way I think, you know. And actually, it's given me a level of, like, inner steel. Mm. And, like, indelible resilience mm. to my personality that no one can ever take away from me. And I don't think I would have got from anywhere else, you know. Like, totally. having to deal with this condition all your life makes you... Where else are you like, going to get that much sleep deprivation? Nowhere. Absolutely exactly. nowhere. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. And like, just, yeah, just having to field all the questions and all the thoughts yeah. and anxieties and the hard decisions you have to make about, you know... Everything. Everything. And, yeah. And, yeah, like, just pushing through, through levels of discomfort on such a constant and consistent basis... That is the biggest blessing. I like that. Is that is honestly and 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 I just yeah like like it's it's made me the person who I am and and for that I can never regret regret kind of infers there was a decision a wrong or right decision being made but obviously not didn't have a choice in in having a you know chronic skin condition but. Yeah, there's 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 no like wish. There's no fan fantastical wish. Be like, oh, I wish I never had eczema. Like, yeah, obviously there are moments where I was like, this is fucking annoying. I really wish I never had eczema. Yeah. But on the whole, like, it's given me as much as it's taken away. Ooh. You know, in, in a very real way. Ooh. <sighs> I love. I thank you for sharing that. I like hearing you say that because I think that. I think that uh, eczema has made me in some ways very conservative and uh, with my sometimes with my calculations of what I'm capable of because I kind of have to be. And, that, and thus, in turn, it makes me quite an anxious person and anxious about my abilities. But like, I loved hearing you say inner steel because what a, what a good word for it because I think I don't give myself enough credit for that or don't think about that enough because I yeah it's it's been it's been hell sometimes and I want to have to listen to this like a jillion times when I edit and I'm going to love it because it's going to remind me of that comment I want to I want to learn from that kind of confidence and that kind of love that you have from yourself because I think I have it sometimes I think that there is a certain sense of like fuck yeah like I can do shit because eczema has tested my like mental strength and my physical strength in a way that is like beyond beyond it's just very beyond it is wild I I must say for sure yeah and I think I think we just have to remind ourselves that like there's a there's that strength there and ultimately you're stronger than a lot of other people mm. um and that you know people go through all kinds of trauma in their lives there's different kinds of strengths you 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 take from your all kinds of different experiences chronic illnesses skin conditions and otherwise right but mm-hmm. yeah, like the, the, there's a type of strength you, you get from having a chronic discomfort, illness, whatever, that I think a lot of people just don't have. And it's important to remind yourself of that, like really, truly. And I, I struggle with, you know, I don't often remember that myself, but yeah. it's when you take that step back and, 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 and realize that, like I truly, truly believe that I'm not just saying it as like a fucking, you know, veneer level affirmation or something, you yeah. know, like that. I, I don't. I truly, truly have I've come to terms with like 
to, to really believing that. Good for you. Um, yeah. I, that's, yeah. I and think... lots of other things too, right? Like, you know, like how, how you can empathize, how you empathize with people, mm-hmm. um, how you view other people. Um, yeah, I, you know, in that way, like it has formed who you are, the way you think, the way you perceive the world and other people quite drastically. And I don't think that should ever be ignored or taken for granted. I think that I'm going to take away from this conversation the things that you mentioned as blessings and trying to think about those in a way that like, I I think that I, I do feel the same way, but I think entangled in those feelings for me still is a lot of anger and a lot of grief. And like, I think I want to be able to kind of like separate those more, like moving forward from like having listened to it and being reminded more of like the beauties of it. I don't know. It's it's even hard for me to say that, like the beauties of it, because I, I have so much like anger and resentment in some ways yeah. for for it but um but yeah thank you for sharing that and um i think this is where we're going to end the conversation yay thank you for having me thank you so much to dan for this conversation thank you for listening this has been the in our bodies podcast again i am henry catch you at the next episode until then gentle energy and take care